Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 2022s. That's this year. This is like the most recent movie we, yeah, yeah. we've done yet. Jackass Forever finds the familiar gang led by the, the newly white-haired Johnny Knoxville and some new faces engaging in new pranks and new stunts and yes, gang skateboarding. Uh, Michael, yes. how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Kevin. Thank you so much. Uh, so Jackass Forever uh, obviously is the fourth Jackass movie released to theaters um, mm-hmm. when there was a Jackass TV show before that. And I don't know if we want to count like the inter the interstitial movies, like there's Jackass 2.5 and Jackass 3.5, which are like outtake reels from right. the from Jackass 2 and Jackass 3. But Mike, why don't you, and I'm, I'm laying this burden on you, take Let's us through it. the history of Jackass. Yeah, so I think that the the place the the place that needs to be that ha, that you have to start with with in the sort of like the the timeline of Jackass. And this is why I'm kind of I'm really excited to do this particular episode is that the the sort of the DNA of what eventually became Jackass is found in skate videos, namely a small wheel company that uh, one of the, the former stars of Jackass, Bam Margera, rode for called called uh, Land Speed Wheels. They were sort of under the uh, a, a larger parent company called Tomito. And uh, um, BAM was a sponsored, a professional skateboarder sponsored by a company called uh, Toy Machine, and they had a small wheel company. And anybody who grew up watching skateboarding videos knows that there's this sort of like, there's this culture in the production of a skate video where essentially when you're producing a skate video, what it is, is just a bunch of kids with a video camera out in the streets filming skateboarding and the and the the byproduct of that is that they're filming funny interactions with the general public and when the land speed video came out it was i i haven't seen it in years but i seem to recall that the the video itself was sort of short on actual skateboarding and long on a lot of sort of shenanigans with Bam Margera and the group of guys who would eventually become uh, the the people behind the CKY videos, which stands for Camp Kill Yourself. Bam's older brother uh, started a band called Camp Kill Yourself, and the the popularity of the the sort of shenanigans that went on in the Land Speed video led them to make these home videos, and it, it's 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 one of those interesting phenomena. Like every kid who grew up skateboarding knew exactly what was going on in these videos. It was Bam and his bored suburban friends doing the kinds of things that bored suburban kids do, especially when they had access to a camcorder. There was, a, you know, and, and some of those things made it into jackass. And, and it's funny that I, I think if you asked me and you asked a lot of 
people who grew up in a skateboarding background, what their favorite element of what became Jackass was. It was those short, sort of very low budget, silly interactions with Bam and his friends, like jumping, you know, into bushes, you know, off of porches and and uh, getting into shopping carts and, you know, jousting and smashing into each other in shopping carts. And all those elements of just like the kinds of stupid ass things that you get into when you're a group of kids with a camcorder. And so his original crew of people sort of never, it was like the, the, he, he, the CKY crew were a, were a distinct group of friends from, I think somewhere in Pennsylvania, I, I, all of a sudden I can't remember the name of the city that Bam is from, but it's like, Oh, sorry, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And that included Ryan Dunn and a guy who was in my, for my money, who was actually one of the more talented people in that crew was Brandon DiMasillo uh, and another guy named Ray Keon and another dude named Chris Rabb, who's sort of well-known for looking a lot like Matt Damon. And these guys were just filming idiotic shenanigans that had very little to do with skateboarding. And the thing that I think drew people to those videos, and this is a, I know this is a little long-winded, but it's, it's the biggest distinction, I think, between those videos and then other kinds of viral videos that would circulate at the time was that the, 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 the sort of the, the stunts and chicanery that they would get into were very tightly edited little couplets. I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was this video circulating around the same time in like the late 90s of a guy who was attempting to do a stunt of jumping from one pine tree to another pine tree. And he wore like a like a leather apron and some gloves. But the problem with the video was that it was like a 25 minute long video. And the truly funny and hilarious payoff happened at the, you know, the very last three seconds of the video when the guy attempts to jump from one tree to another and really eats shit and hits every branch all the way down to the bottom. And when you watch the Jackass videos, I'm sorry, not the Jack, the CKY videos, they would kind of cut out all of the kind of stuff that you might be tempted to include in a video of, of like, so for a perfect example, there's a scene in one of the videos where one of the members of the CKY crew is in a shopping mall and very casually hops over a rail on the second floor, walks out across a beam and just does a dive into a, into a fountain and then very casually just jumps out and they leave the mall. And to me, the, the, the hilarious thing about that footage was that they didn't think to include the laughing and the ride there and prepare. And they just, it was a short four second clip of a kid just hopping the rail, walking out onto the beam, jumping into the water and then, and it cuts. And it's what made those videos. So I, what I think made them so hysterically funny. And I think what eventually made Jackass, the most charming parts of Jackass to me are the really short sort of, presented without comment elements of the show. I, I'm not so interested in the sort of the big involved sort of larger production value stunts. And those are firmly, you know, rooted in the CKY videos. And then the other element that, that you kind of can't ignore in the, in the, in the sort of the evolution of Jackass is the, the uh, magazine uh, that was, originally published by Steve Rocco 
uh, as a as sort of a reaction to the bigger, um, more mainstream magazines of Thrasher and Transworld, he made a magazine called Big Brother. That was in the '90s. It was like a very beautifully produced, insanely silly and dirty, and kind of like and and actually sort of like well well written and well edit, editorialized comment on this how skateboarding is actually a very silly and ridiculous thing and and the industry seems to seem to be dead set on taking itself very very seriously and so they started producing this magazine called big brother which was famously actually eventually bought by larry flint publications and then uh sort of fell out of uh sort of fell out of uh, favor because believe it or not the larry flint uh era found it actually a lot a lot more tame which is sort of a strange all of this information by the way the, the information about big brother there's a there's a documentary called Dumb, I believe, that's about the, the 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 history of Big Brother, which led directly to them making their own video, which was essentially the same exact sort of formula, where it's like a tour video, similar to a skate video, except instead of skateboarding being the main focus, it was all the chicanery and silliness that goes on when a with, with a bunch of young idiots with a camcorder sort of tour the country was that the video with uh johnny knoxville kind of with the bulletproof vest i believe yeah I, so that the, johnny knoxville's stunt where he shoots he, he has somebody shoot him with like a 22 with a bulletproof vest i believe that was in public they, they published that as a pictorial in in uh big brother first i know they filmed it as well because i think that ended up you know, I'd have to check that, but I think that ended up in the first, the first Big Brother video, and and so that introduced the other faction of guys, which were Wee Man and um, and uh, Steve O and Johnny Knoxville and and Jeff Tremaine, who were all sort of like they were the more they had more performative aspirations, I think, than Bam and his friends, and they they became you know they they the the way that they made that connection was that Jeff Tremaine was actually sort of like, you know, he was the, the, the editor in chief, I believe of big brother and saw the land speed video and sort of saw the potential for all of these idiotic sort of, sort of mini stunts that these guys are doing. So when they first decided to make a, a television series called Jackass, I, th- I believe in the documentary about big brother, they talk about how one of their biggest problems is they didn't have enough footage for the show to go to air and so they because by this time uh bam margera had done at least three cky videos they were like well can we just include some of these idiotic things that you filmed uh in in the show and that's sort of how those two separate camps came together and formed jackass so big brother was west coast and CKY was East Coast. I wonder if that had something to do with the performative aspirations of Knoxville and company. I, I think so. I think Johnny, well, Stevo, I believe Stevo was from Florida, but he like attended a performing arts college. And, you know, and and I believe Johnny Knoxville had he was he was an aspiring like sort of actor performer guy who sort of just found himself in the fold of the, the, you know, the jackass guys, but the, but yeah, the CKY CKY guys were all just Bam's local friend in his sleepy town. And when you watch those videos, I feel like those videos are indispensable. If you, if you're sort of like trying to kind of get a, a, a sort of a, a 
a hold on where the whole thing sort of started. It really does. Like you have to sort of trace back to those CKY videos because they're undeniably stupid and they're undeniably, you know, from an era where <laughs> I think maybe people were sort of just like, you know, I feel like that the, they, they're similar to the other things in media that were happening at the time, like the Tom Green show where they would get unwitting civilians involved and, and, you know, put them in a position where they wanted to react, which is the, the parts, the, the parts of the show that I have the, or the movies that I have the hardest time with are the stuff where they interact with the general public. Cause I just want to crawl underneath the couch. It, it makes me so uncomfortable, but the, the, those quick, all of the, all of the stuff with like in the, I, I believe in the first jackass movie, all of the stuff with the, with the golf carts and with the, um, and the, the that whole opening sequence with them all riding in a big oversized shopping cart, those are all nods to the CKY videos. And it's interesting because in the final CKY video, it really is like it's 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 that's as early as that you can see things starting to take this sort of weird, dangerous turn into like them peeing on each other there's footage of bam urinating in his, on his dad's face while he's sleeping and apparently at one point they take a they take a trip to um i believe finland or somewhere in scandinavia and they start throwing human feces at each other and it's just like all right guys we're moving into sort of a dark territory and then interestingly enough i believe it's sort of jackass i i think that sort of like sort of rightened the ship for at least a little while because you couldn't air that stuff. But, you know, there was no way MTV was going to air. And it is funny. I it was, I was thinking about it as I was watching the, the most recent Jackass, Jackass forever, where how those guys sort of single-handedly moved the bar, you know, way forward as to what was acceptable to film and show on a movie screen, like so much full frontal nudity. <laughs> so, so or, or in a TV show too. Right, I, I right, remember right. when the first time I saw Jackass on MTV, I kind of came across it and I was, I am not as like, especially in the nineties, I was not steeped in skateboarding at all. Right. But you know, people had shown me like the occasional, I didn't, I wouldn't have known it was a CKY video. I was just seeing like, these skateboard videos that had interstitial skits. And the first time I came across Jackass, I was like, oh, they're doing this on TV now too. Right. There's a a skateboard. They're doing skateboard videos as a TV show. And uh, to prep for this, I walk because a bunch of the old Jackass episodes are on, I think Paramount plus. And so I watched a few of like the old MTV Jackass episodes, which haven't fully been available for a while, I think because of music rights. And, you know, it's, interesting to watch especially in comparison with the movies which i also watched um the big difference i think between the show and the movies is the movies are more about them all being together and camaraderie and the show is way more like here's an individual bit with one or two people right and i think that's that's a matter i think they had a very small budget and I think they were still sort of trying to figure out what the format was because by the time they started making the first movie, in fact, I believe they even comment on this in the first movie. By the time they were making the first movie, the show had aired and they were well known enough that it was very hard for them to get away with with sort of involving the general public in their in their antics without having a lot of like costume or makeup on this is this is a little unrelated but did you see that 
Borat movie that came out last year? I I did. I did. Where like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's trying to like interact with people as Borat, but everyone knows who Borat is. Right. And, and so you kind of can't. Well, and, and the interesting thing with the Jackass films is that what, what I might, the thing that I think is the saving grace about the films, especially starting with the second one, is that once they realized that they were too famous to sort of mess with the general public, the, the the jokes became they turned inward and everything became an elaborate stunt within a stunt. And, and, and as I said earlier, watching the stuff where they mess with the general public, like when, when the guy poops in the toilet in the display section of the store, I understand that they get permission from everybody, you know, secondhand or whatever, but watching that stuff is really, really difficult for me. To, you know, to just see these people sort of like, what the fuck is going on? But then watching it all turn inward, all the footage of them with the with the the big punching, you know, the big air air controlled punching bag through the wall at the hotel. Yes, that to me, that stuff is incredibly hilarious because it, it, it basically turned them all into these sort of paranoid freaks who knew that it, at the turn of any corner anything could happen and and that was especially joyous the thing with the giant hand where they because so you know they cover the hand in like powder and they it's a spring-loaded hand that's that's a throwback to a a a thing they did in the original cky videos called antiquing where they would just throw flour to make them look like old men and it, you know, you, you know, they did it to Bam's dad, and they did it to Bam's mom, and all that stuff. And it so it was fun to watch the, you know, like I said, the 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 target turn on themselves. And I do think one of the selling points of the movie is kind of the affection they all have with each other, right. like kind of juxtaposed with how hilarious they find it when one of them is in a lot of pain. Well, right. It's it. And it really is that sort of. And and so it's funny. That's that. That's kind of the running theme for me about the phenomenon of watching something that you, as a skateboarder, that you there's like a secret code and culture in skate videos of those kind of interactions being filmed between friends, like you know, kicking your friend in the nuts, or or even just the the, the idea of. somebody trying to do a trick and in a lot of ways a really good fail or a slam as it's called in skateboarding is is just as has just as much currency as a make or a ride away and the sort of the pride in taking a really good slam and 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 you know almost like showing off like i you know i've been in many situations where i've seen you know, some of one of my friends take a board in the testicles and then we all get to look at, the, <laughs> at our friend's nuts and see a big cut and be like, ah, oh, geez, you know, like there's that there is that energy to those stunts that to me, I, you know, it's it's like sharing in this. And I believe I feel like Ryan Dunn was the most perfect sort of like antenna for that where he 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 always had this perfect awareness of how idiotic what he was doing was but a but a sort of like a sturdy uh, you know like a sturdy disposition like, i'm going to take this and i'm going to look at the camera and think why the fuck am i doing this but i'm going to do it anyway because it'll make for a really funny moment 
And that's to me, that's what the, the, the those genuinely, like you said, those genuinely funny and affectionate moments, almost like after the stunt has occurred, where they're all marveling at how idiotic the, 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 them watching Johnny Knoxville take the hit by the bull in, I believe that's the first one where he puts the blindfold on and he doesn't even let the cigarette fall out of his mouth. And that bull just takes him out. I mean, that's, it's, it's like the, it's like the ultimate, what would happen if there was no adult supervision, (laughs) you know, I was going to say, you know, Jackass was on MTV, like a circa 2000 and it was inescapable for about a year. And then I think the copycat stunts started and you had people like, Senator Joe Lieberman talking about how this is what's corrupting the youth of America. And right. like MTV kind of blinked and took it off. Right. Cause I think they were worried about getting sued. And so it was weird because it was ubiquitous and then it was gone. Um, and then they started doing these movies, which I guess they could say are rated R. They're not on TV. You have to choose to go right, to see them. Right. And I think the movie, I think the movies made more money than the TV show. Oh, it, it, I think everyone got paid more, which was, which is great for them. And they, I guess they, you know, they did three movies in the two thousands. My favorite of which is the second, because I really, I really like that opening with the bulls where they're kind of yeah. running in slow motion. And I love the Busby Berkeley style song and dance number at the end. Absolutely. And it, and it, so again, that's the stuff where the, where the production value, I feel like they figured out by the second one where that the big elaborate stunts don't really tend to pay off as well. So I, it's like they bookended it with a big production opening and closing and everything else in the middle is like, who doesn't want to see somebody get shot out of a cannon and sh- and shot with paintballs, you know, like that's, that's, you know, but again, the, the economy of it is what I find the most charming. Like we're going to do this thing. The guy's going to take, a shot in the nuts with a, with a, with a, you know, a, a, one of those tactical bean bags and we're going to, you know, and, and you now get to watch this thing happen. I also, it's funny. The, the other thing that I kind of thought about that I hadn't even really, that I hadn't thought about at all in the, you know, the first times that I ever watched those films that I thought about this time when I was watching through them is that there is this sort of like fascination with the world of stunt men that I certainly shared as a little kid with the, you know, like the idea of somebody getting paid to fall off a horse or jump out of the window of a building for a living. And really at the end of the day, I think you could, you could argue that the jackass movies are basically just like a love note to stunt men and the kind of stuff that these guys do. And it's funny because it's like, it's, it's, and I think you're right about the second one. The second one is almost like the perfect sit, you know, uh, um, combination of movie magic and real practical stunt work and you get to watch these guys legitimately eat shit and in the, the outtakes of that Bugby berkeley thing when when they the, they have their their i think their legs are tied and the horses run by and drag them like yeah they, i think that happens to bamager and, and sh- oh my it's that is like the, and it's it's interesting because apparently that stunt really fucked them up yeah, yeah. Like I think I believe that that Johnny Knoxville had a catheter in for like a year after that. Or the when they send Preston down the slide and he, you know, like and he he way overshoots the, the, the slide and real like I mean it it's funny because we all know that now in in the present there have certainly been some seriously bad 
uh, uh, consequences to, to, to those, to those, you know, we all saw how badly addicted to painkillers and, and poppers Steve-O was. And we know that Bam has sort of been estranged from the crew because of his, of his drug addiction. And, and Ryan Dunn was unfortunately killed in a car accident. But for the longest time, I think one of the most fascinating things about it was that there seemed to be no real long, especially from those early CKY videos and the early Jackass days where it was like, they just seem to keep walking away relatively unscathed and what, you know, the, the, the footage, I believe it's Bam and, and Brandon DiMarcillo in the first. So Brandon DiMarcillo and some of those original CKY guys are pretty well present in the first Jackass in the show and in the first movies. And there's that footage of them riding around in the golf course, golf course in the golf carts. And the, one of the golf carts, jumps off of a like a, a off a sand trap and does a full somersault and almost fucking kills those guys. And you think to yourself, like, how long can they get away with doing it? And now we know that there were definitely some some uh some sort of consequences to it. But at the time it always just seemed like a miracle. Like how did they how did they walk away from that? And that's oh. and that that's a sort of a direct link to watching skate videos and watching these guys throw themselves down a, a, a you know a staircase over and over again and and somehow manage to to ride away and don't pay much more of a price than maybe some bruised heels you know now and i know that i mean at the i'm, I'm gonna get a little pretentious here but sure. you were talking about like their fascination with the world of stuntmen and i feel like you can draw a line from what they're doing in Jackass 2 to what like Buster Keaton was doing in the 1920s with silent film where, I mean, they, they do one of his stunts at the end of Jackass 2 where the building falls on Knoxville with just the window there. And um, you watch some of those things he did uh, like in the general where he's like on a moving train and jumping on and off it. And that's his stuff where if he did that wrong, he would have been either paralyzed or dead. All right. There was no, no CGI, no harnesses. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think that's pretentious at all. I think that it's pretty clear, especially with Johnny Knoxville. I think that, I think that the, the, the world of Jackass produced sort of two legitimate bona fide stars. I think that when you watch those early CKY videos, Bam is clearly a star. Like he's got a presence and a, and a, a, like a way with the camera where some of his friends shied away from it as the, as the, you know, the projects got bigger, but bam is clearly a a sort of star quality. And I also think Johnny Knoxville, like Johnny Knoxville is a traditionally very handsome kind of wise ass who can handle himself in front of a camera. And I think you, if you asked him directly, you know, are, were you inspired by bu- things like Buster Keaton? He would absolutely say yes. I think that there's a there's a sort of a showman quality to what they do. You know, I'm th- like in the first season of Saturday Night Live, Chevy Chase was the breakout star, and yep. because he part of that, I think, was because he hosted the newscast and would start every every segment by saying, "I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not." And I think Johnny Knoxville was the first one to be like, "I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is the whirly gig." shit machine you know <laughs> and I, I think a lot of that had some right. to do with, i think you're right also that he's like probably the, the closest to like movie star handsome as any of those guys he kind of rode that wave 
in the early 2000s of the fucking trucker hat aviator glasses. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and he he's the one who wound up appearing in movies as something more than a cameo, too. Like, you know, Bam showed up in one of these fucking dumb movies. Gr- we grind. Yeah, the, the, Bam the, showed the, up in the, Grind. The miraculously terrible Grind. <laughs> I think, and I also think Bam... Like if you watch his stuff as he got more famous, like Bam went a little too far into like the guy liner and scarves. Oh, well, he was obsessed with the band him and he was, yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's funny that you say that because that's the, the other thing I wanted to bring up is when you, the jackass stuff and the CKY stuff, there's, there's this element of the underdog and sort of making your own fun in your shitty little town by dressing up as Santa Claus and jumping on a, a, a holiday parade or whatever. But later on the shows, the post jackass shows that Bam did uh, Viva La Bam. And there was a couple others. It really starts to look like a weird rich guy breaking his own toys. And there's a darkness to those shows that that's when things started to get sort of strange with the, the, the there was like this long list of weird hangers on that were the cast of Viva La Bam who he like lived in this weird compound in the in the in the outskirts of of of, of uh Pennsylvania and he built like a skate park in his driveway but like the the the, the plots of the show would literally be like I'm going to crash my you know hundred thousand dollar sports car and then we're all gonna laugh about it and it, it it just wasn't as fun or relatable. You could tell that it wasn't fun for them anymore. And it had turned into almost this like, you know, like almost like showing your scars, like, look at how troubled I am. And it, it stopped being interesting at that point, at least from the TV show's point of view. And I, you know, and it, it's been proven like, so Bam is still sort of very well regarded in the skateboarding world because, and I, this is a, a, this is a comment I've been meaning to make for this entire episode is that the thing about Bam is that he was an enormously talented skateboarder. The footage of him, he was on toy machine. And then later on he was on element. And he still did a, a fair amount of skateboarding in those CKY videos. He was hugely talented on a skateboard and he's sort of made some, but he, you know, he, he's, he's very frankly spoken about how he had like an eating disorder, trying to stay skinny. And like you said, I, I sort of, he had, the, he went into that guy liner sort of like mall goth phase and it got difficult. It got really difficult to watch after a while because you could tell that he was. I mean, you don't look unless you're Stevie Nicks, right? <laughs> the scarf and, should be left at home. I, I mean, and the thing is, is that I, in a more serious way, like I don't think that you film yourself urinating on your dad's face if you are a well put together cat. You know, there, there suddenly the the there was like an underlying narrative where we were all kind of like, Whoa, what's going on with Bam? I'm like, and it's like, because he would show up at skateboarding demos and it'll be like hundred, a hundred, you know, a, a couple of thousand kids who weren't there to watch skateboarding. They were there to watch him, you know, throw himself off of a, off of a building or, you know, he, at one point he was selling so many skateboards 
that like he 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 eclipsed the other riders on his team at that point i believe he was at the at, at the height of bam mania he was on element and he was selling it was like he was making like a hundred thousand dollars a month board sales which is unheard of and and it's funny there is sort of like a it, it there is sort of a, a running theme in this podcast of professional skateboarders who breach the chrysalis of fame and skateboarding into fame in the in sort of the the outside world and how they sort of never know quite what to do with themselves once once they you know they're famous for this very specific thing and find that there's not much you know yes you make a cameo in a terrible skateboarding movie but other than that you're just famous for being a fucking idiot and i think bam really leaned into it in a way that those other guys at least they you know bam is still uh, in need of being of being saved, whereas those other guys kind of found their way outside of the the the, the darker side of of fame. Except, of course, for Ryan Dunn, who sort of tragically died in a car accident, which is a super bummer. He, yeah, I know, like I, uh, yeah. Steve, like Steve-O, who I think was at at one time considered like the biggest fuck up of them all. Oh yeah, has yeah. gotten sober. He has podcast. Yeah. He seems to be doing very well. Um, even in the, even in like Jackass Forever, everyone, everyone who was there, they see they all seem to be doing well. And yeah. Bam is like rather famously not in this movie. I, I think the story at the time, I, I don't want to get this wrong because I don't want to get sued by Bam. <laughs> uh, I think the story at the time from the producers was there was some kind of sobriety clause yes. in the contract for the movie that they say he didn't meet. And so, and I know there's been a lot of like back and forth on Instagram or whatever, Um, getting to the Jackass forever movie, which is a movie I found really interesting because you had said in the early stuff, it's all about them walking away. And now these guys are in, you know, their late forties, early fifties. And there's less walking away. Yes. Yeah. And they had to bring in, they had to bring in some young kids to take some of the hits. I was going to say like uh, in some ways, Jack has forever like star Trek to the wrath of Khan is a movie about sliding into middle age. Yes. And in some ways it's about like, there's this element of like, we're bringing in the next generation almost by necessity. And some of that I liked and some of that I didn't, there's a character named poopies. (laughs) Yes. Who, um, I last last time we did this show, guy, our friend Guy Benoit, I think after after it aired, you know, really really wanted us to get into the Poochie episode of The Simpsons, like Itchy yes. and Scratchy and Poochie, because <laughs> Poochie wrote a skateboard. But I was like, well, guy, we did like a whole episode on The Simpsons, so we're probably not going to do that. But I will say that Poopies reminded me of the Poochie of Jackass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely he he. I don't, and I don't know anything about about this, I, this i'm just going off of my impression that i got he definitely seemed like a guy who was sort of like a fan of jackass and sort of like sort of like slouched his way into the <laughs> into the production by just sort of being around i don't i don't know that that's true at all but he definitely gave off that vibe of just like a guy who was around and was willing to eat shit or <laughs> he was know. willing to like was willing to go as far as possible with their pranks on him yes um but i don't know it was sort of like going to see kate bush and then kate bush is like and now here's three or four numbers by my son 
Yes. <laughs> Doug Bush. Yes, by my darling boy. <laughs> it's like we're here to see you, Kate. Yeah, yeah. I, I and, and that was why it, it it seemed like Johnny Knoxville was still sort of the most game for for a lot of the physical stuff. He did get shot out of the cannon. He did he did take another hit by a fucking bull in, in, yeah. in part four, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think Steve O2. Steve O2. Well, Steve O's in it's funny. Steve O's probably in better physical shape now than he was for a lot of the filming of the original movies. Like he he really got his shit together. The footage, there's a documentary about him. There's footage of him doing whippets in his apartment in LA. That is some of the most shockingly difficult stuff to watch. I mean, it's great because he got himself, you know, sober and they 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 intervened and got him sober, but good fucking lord, that stuff is like I said, the running theme is sort of a the 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 outlying darkness. Kevin, let me ask you a question. Do you have some uh favorite some favorite uh sequences from the from the films? From the well, I mentioned the Busby Berkeley song right. and dance number at the end of the second one. That is probably my favorite jackass thing. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of general jackassery, um I like kind of the prank on each other stuff. I like in the sure. second movie where there's a note that's supposed to be from like groupies, yes. but the text gets smaller and smaller. And as they lean closer and closer in to the wall to read the note from these girls who were staying in the same hotel as them, like a big boxing fist comes out and punches yes. them. Yeah. Like yes. I thought that was really funny in this one. I tended to not like the stuff with uh, the new monkeys as much. Yes. As as the stuff with uh, you know, original recipe jackass. Right. Um I thought that I, I mean I, I did lo- I did find it interesting that this was the first jackass thing where a girl was put through yes. some of this stuff, which is super which is interest like an interesting watershed right. for the franchise. Um how about you? I I I always veer towards like I said before, the sort of simple throwaway gags. Like I love the gag where Preston is chasing Wee Man through the streets and they're both wearing diapers because it's just a funny, you know, to me, that's just a funny sight gag. You know, it doesn't necessarily involve the onlookers, but there's a lot of reaction shots. I also love, again, the real simple stuff, like, like the, the, to me, I think the, the absolute pinnacle of, jackass is the footage of of wee man and preston attached to each other with bungee cords on the bridge in florida and wee man bungee jumps and then pulls preston over the edge and then preston in turn slingshots wee man into the water from the from his own way it's such a simple and elegant gag it 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 takes about a minute to unfold it happens really quickly and the payoff is massively hysterical i also love when they do the roller disco inside of the the box truck because it turns from sort of funny to violently dangerous in a you know in a, in a split second and the, the potential for how really really messed up they could have gotten uh i that 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 sort of hits my joy center <laughs> you know all the really quick stuff the bam dropping in and just smashing into a wall, you know, for for no apparent reason. That's the stuff that I that I like the most. I don't necessarily like the stuff with Bam's father because I'm like, this guy didn't ask for any of this. Leave him alone. 
Right. Well, and that, and so that's what I, when I was saying about the later, the later shows that featured Bam and his family, you get to a point where you think like, what the, what is going on here, man? Like, like, you know, in the earlier episodes of the show and the CKY videos, and, you know, they're all sort of harmless. Like they, you know, they, set off fireworks in his, in his van when he's on the way to work and stuff like that. And it's, it's like, he's frustrated and, but he, you can tell that he's sort of in on the joke, but there's a certain point where it crosses a line. You're like, this is like, you're like physically and mentally abusing this person. Like what, what is wrong with you? dude? And that, and it's funny. Cause I think that's why at some point you sort of notice that the original CKY guys sort of fall away is because I, it crosses this weird line where they're like, it's not really funny anymore. It's just sort of like a weird, there's footage, there's footage of the, in the last CKY video, there's footage of Bam, I believe, wipes his ass with toilet paper and then puts it on the face of a sleeping uh, Brandon DiMarcillo. I I think it's Brandon. It might be Ryan Dunn, but it almost turns into a legitimate fist fight <clears throat> because it's human feces and you wiped it on this guy's face. And there's to me that that's where the line is, I guess. Like you wiped your poop on my face. Like, what are we doing, man? <laughs> like, like, How did, how did we arrive here? <laughs> and you had mentioned that, that uh, Johnny Knoxville seems the most up for big stunts. But for me, it seems like he picks his moments. Like he does three or four big ones in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then for a lot of the other ones, he's more of kind of a demented ringmaster. Yes. Yeah. He, um, he definitely falls into that role. There's the, there's the footage of him. I forget which, again, the, the, all the movies sort of blur together. But there's the footage of all of them on that weird, like, teeter-totter merry-go-round. And they set a bull loose. And there's a certain point where everyone else has aborted mission and jumped off. And Johnny Knoxville is just still on the thing and the bull is legitimately trying to gore him and he just won't get off and i remember thinking like oh okay there's there's some stuff going on here with this guy (laughs) it's all for the show i guess as part of my extensive research for this episode of the podcast um there's a really good interview with johnny knoxville in Esquire magazine from May 25th. Uh, the name of the article is Johnny Knoxville's last rodeo. Mm-hmm. I may link to it on the website, nice. um, but in there uh, he kind of talks about how in recent years he'd been like going to therapy, but one of the things, one of the ground rules he had with his therapist was we can't get into why I do stunts because if I unpack it, I might stop doing it. And that's, ah, yes. <laughs> and that's, how I make money. But I also think now that he's 50 years old and I think his doctors have told him like, you cannot have another concussion. Um, He's now like going to start investigating that. So I think that, I think Jackass forever might be like the end of the big Johnny Knoxville stunts. And I want, I'm I'm curious if they're going to do another, I'm curious if they're going to do another movie or if it's going to be like a Paramount plus show with poopies. 
It, it certainly could transition back into something like that. It, it's it's kind. Of, it made me. It reminded me of almost like the the original intention of Guar, which is eventually they would just hand off the costumes to mm. the next generation of people, and you know they would become executive producers and and not put themselves because like yeah they're going to become I, I like Menudo, where like yeah. once you turn fifty, yes. you're out of jackass. You're, you're out of jackass, and you can you can you can uh, you can you could put yourself out to pasture. Um, there are always, there are always very fun uh, cameo appearances from professional skateboarders in the Jackass films. I saw your boy, uh, Rob Durdick in this Rob, one, which and... was really, which was really nice because, you know, earlier in the podcast, I talked about the original big brother video and a very young Rob Durdick is in the, that video. He goes on part of the tour with them and it was kind of cool. Cause you know, I don't know. There's, I'm sure people have a lot of thoughts about Rob Dyrdek. I, I think he's a really, really interesting figure in the, the, the grand scheme of skateboarding. And it was kind of cool to see him like kind of, you know, that's almost him going back to his roots on camera because again, you know, Rob Dyrdek is a, is, he's a pretty charming cat and it got him pretty far in his own, on his own right on, you know, with his MTV shows and stuff. And I was glad to see Rob Dyrdek sort of back in the mix. I thought that was cool. Well, here's a question I have for you. Um, because Rob Dyrdek did his MTV show after Jackass did their MTV show. And Jackass was probably the first MTV show that was like skateboard culture. Mm-hmm. Were the Jackass people grumbled about as sellouts at the time of the MTV show? You know, I don't, I don't, or did think people so. just not give a shit? Well, I don't think people gave a shit. I think that, that that's the interesting. Th- so, I think the only member of the crew who was sort of a well, a legitimately well-regarded skateboarder at that point was Bam. And so much of what people knew about him was like, yeah, he entered into the public consciousness through skateboarding, but what he was doing was so much more. Like I said, even from Land Speed, that original CKY video, it was more shenanigans than it was skateboarding. So I think Bam... By you know, by that time we had already seen Jason Lee ascend to you know a level of stardom that was unheard of in skateboarding. We had already seen skateboarding sort of like revive itself once again through the X Games and through all that stuff. So I think the the the, you know, the guys involved in Jackass they were they were sort of they came from skateboarding, but skateboarding had become sort of a periphery. The, the, the headline pro was Bam. And by that point, you know, he had sort of transitioned to just being Bam more than he was a, a, a skateboarder. And, and you know, the, I think skateboarding had had enough brushes with fame on the outside world that it wasn't considered like a sellout thing anymore. I think, to be honest with you, I think that skateboarders of a certain age and disposition were really sort of the thing that they grumbled about the most in a playful way was how the fuck did these guys get famous for doing exactly the same thing that we as skateboarders have been doing for 20 years, which is just filming our friends being idiots, you know? And I think the reason why is because the stuff that those guys were doing was they, they, even in, in the earliest videos, they certainly pushed the boundaries of like the kind of stuff people were willing to do, you know? So yeah, I don't think, I don't think it really, nobody was very surprised. It was, we were just surprised to see it on television. Like, holy shit, this, this weird sort of secret culture that we all, mm-hmm. that we all share in skate videos is now just like, they, they made that part the headline and it was sort of, I, I, I think for the most part, I think skateboarding got kind of a kick out of seeing that stuff. 
That's, and uh, you know, it's a Dave Gazette's the human ramp in this. Yeah, pro, pro skateboarder Dave. Uh, Tony Hawk is in the very long and I think not especially funny opening sequence with the, right. the Godzilla penis. Yep. Yeah. Which was that one was it wasn't as great as some of the other opening sequences, but seeing somebody's penis uh, painted like a like a Godzilla monster. Uh, you know, in full effect on the screen was, was, uh, <laughs> was amusing to me. Yeah. We had a little Tony Hawk. We had a little Aaron Jaws Hamoki. Uh, and like you said, a little bit of David Gravett. It's always fun, like to see those guys. So Mike, where do you think the, do, where do you think Jackass is going from here? Do you think there's gonna be another Jackass movie? Do you think it's gonna be a, a, a show? Do you think Jackass forever was kind of the, the send off to the whole thing? I, I, it's too bad because I would love the only reason I would like to see an, an, an another jackass movie would be the inevitable and hopeful um, restoration of BAM status. Skateboarding as a whole are all pulling for BAM. He, he's he, they'll, every now and then footage of him skateboarding, you know, in current times will emerge. And even though he's sort of an older guy, sort of put on some weight and definitely looks like he's been ridden hard and put away wet. He still has it on a skateboard. And so I would love it if they were, if they were able to somehow, you know, find a way to, to, you know, to, to lay to rest all of the, the difficulties with that dude. Uh, other than that, I don't, I would not, be interested really in a, in a fifth movie. I think that your proposition of it being a, a, a television show and sort of turning jackass into a brand of having like younger people come in and try these stunts would be interesting, but it, it is interesting. It, it really did feel like in this movie, they kind of ran out of runway. A lot of the stunts were almost like revisions of older stunts and frankly performed not quite as well. So I do, I, I think maybe that I think the franchise may have, may have run out of steam in the way that it exists, but I think it could be something interesting if they turned it into a, into a TV series where there was just like trying out different stunts or something like that. Then we can talk about it on gleaming the tube on gleaming the tube. Yes. I, uh, I think that for, for, for the sake of, of context, I would recommend and maybe I'll I'll link these when we when we post this. I think it would be a good thing to watch the documentary about Big Brother magazine called Dumb. Yeah, that 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 is excellent. And I say that I, as someone yeah. who uh has sat through a lot of middling skateboard documentaries. The, yes. the, the Big Brother documentary is excellent. It's really excellent. And I also think there's a it's I think it's a YouTube only documentary, but for an even deeper perspective, there is a documentary about Steve Rocco, who was sort of like the the very beginning impetus of that whole alternative universe of skateboarding that was outside of the gaze of Thrasher magazine and, and and sort of mainstream skate culture. It's, it's a, it's a documentary called the man who sold the world S O U L. Um, And it's, I believe it's available on, on YouTube, but that gives a really interesting perspective of like how skateboarding transitioned from this very sort of like self-serious, um, kind of gnarly. What's the word that it's, it's hard. It's like skateboarding for a while was a big industry thing that took itself very, very seriously and wasn't a lot of fun for a lot of people. And Steve Rocco decided he was just going to, 
he started a company that was basically designed to take the piss out of the skateboarding industry. And he he started a company called World Industries, which eventually was the company that started publishing Big Brother. And I think that documentary would be another interesting thing to watch sort of like where all of this sort of started because there's this d- definite line between, you know, like skulls and daggers and Powell Peralta and Thrasher magazine to suddenly th- just this other version of skateboarding that was very ironic and sarcastic and silly and, uh, and frankly, a lot more fun than what was going on just before it. So yeah, I would, I would recommend that documentary as well. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I know it's been a while since we've, done an episode some life things got in the way mike was traveling i got covid there's a it's a whole bunch of stuff but um we're happy to be back i think hopefully uh the next episode will come sooner uh than later i, I think we're doing scott pilgrim next yes i'd love that that'd be great i think we do scott pilgrim versus the world and uh preston who does our music is going to be our guest for that, I believe. Oh, that's exciting. It is. Uh, So play us out, Preston. Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at gleamingthetube and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. (laughs) 